You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, substituting for the great Sir Richard Wentworth as he is sick, this is Phil Svitek announcing tonight's HBO Luck After Show with our hosts Kristen Snyder and Dave Klein. And remember, folks, if you want to tune in, you can. I'm sorry, not tune in. Call in. And you do that by dialing 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off and the buzz continues, is HBO's Luck. All right. That's because you're already tuning in, so that's why you can call in. But I'm Dave Klein, and joining me is the lovely Kristen Snyder. Hello, everyone. You may remember me from Dexter. And you may remember me from Shameless last week, which you'll obviously (laughs) watch. But today we're here to talk about the new show, Luck, and the pilot episode premiering. Actually, I believe it first premiered in December, but officially Mm -hmm. premiering tonight. Tonight for us, anyway. Yes, so let's go ahead and talk about our overall thoughts for the show. And I don't know, Kristen, what, what did you get from the show? All right. Well, I mean, never really being a gambler myself, I'm very intrigued by this world. I mean, it's set in a very competitive world of horse racing, and it takes us on the track and behind the scenes. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not a gambler myself either. I've gone to Las Vegas maybe three times ever in my life. <laughs> Zero for this one. And every time I went, I gave gave myself a limit of $20. So that was clearly big, big money over here. Risk taker over here. Risk taker. My little brother loves gambling, but I'm not so much into it. So this really isn't my world. So Mm -hmm. being that said, it was a little difficult for me being thrown into this show because they kind of throw out a lot of terminology for a lot of things I don't know that much about. And I was like, it's an HBO show. I want to watch it because I love HBO shows. And that was kind of what drew me into it. And I think for me, it was, it was a little confusing because as a lot of HBO shows do, there are a lot of characters they introduce you to. And as you and I mentioned, within the first 10 minutes, we didn't even know most of those characters' names. So I think it was, it was a little confusing for me at first. What did you think? I mean, I sort of expect that. I love Boardwalk. Um, Deadwood, who David Milch actually written Deadwood, also is the writer of Luck. And I expect that from his shows. Lots of characters who you eventually get very deep into each of these characters. And they all become so important to the story. And I'm excited about them. So excited. And and it it does bother me that we're kind of thrown off by so many and who's who. And we had to stop and rewind. Yes. (laughs) Try to even look up on IMDb to try to keep track of everyone. But we will try to make it clear for you guys who is who amongst the players. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, uh, I I myself didn't watch the show, but uh, I want to. And, you know, the the thing that I find with these sort of shows and, and what really defines great writing is if you don't necessarily have to know the person's name, but you always know their voice. Like, uh, um, we do Justified, and I love it's 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 a Western show and classic of all westerns. Really, you don't you don't even really need to know the person's name. They don't have, that's that's kind of part of the genre is they don't say the name. Most people are called the harmonica or whatever. And so 
you know, did you guys feel at least like you may have not known the names, but you always knew who was who and what they were about? Well, I think for me, and this is coming back to me not knowing the gambling world, it kind of took me a little while, a little longer to figure out exactly what their deal was. Like, okay, this person is a trainer or are they an owner? Because mm-hmm. I just don't know horse racing. And that was kind of what threw me a little off is like, oh, wait, is this an owner of the horses? Are they a trainer or what? What exactly is their deal with the horse racing? Because I honestly know nothing about horse racing. So maybe now I'll be educated. By the end of the show, though, I mean, I was interested. I wanted to know more. It was just a very big leap for me at the beginning, not knowing exactly what their deal was and why they were doing it. I feel like everyone sort of has their own lingo, which will kind of help us, like the horse owners, the trainers, the jockeys, and the gamblers. They all speak a different kind of language, but I think eventually we'll catch on. Yes. (laughs) And we'll be able to find who's who by the language they're speaking. Yeah, and I think definitely by the end of the show, I'd I'd caught on by the end Mm -hmm. of it. I was like, okay, this is the trainer. I mean, this is what they're doing, and these are the jockeys, and clearly these are the gamblers. So I definitely, by the end of it, could tell who was who. So I think we should go ahead and talk about the intro, and I mean, this is clearly an insight into the world of numbers, money, luck, speed, cheating, secrets. Um, Yeah, and I think um, for the opening, what they did, and to try and draw you into that world, is they use all the a lot of lucky charms they had. I saw the, the luck horse, signs. Yeah, the luck sign. The I mean, that was the one horseshoe. of the horseshoe. Yeah, they had the horseshoe ring. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a rabbit's foot, but that was that's <laughs> the one that I think of. That's mine. A four leaf clover, Is that yours? A rabbit's foot. Yeah, um, uh, I saw a lot of coins, and the best part to me was the coin in the end, where it was like going up. We didn't know which side it was going to go on, and that's sort of the whole plot of the show is luck. You don't know, right? Exactly. So it's true, and they have it just spinning, and you're just like, I don't know, I don't know. What's are you be. are you ready? Were you ready to put money down? I was not ready to put money down because <laughs> I'm not a gambler. No, me neither. But it, it was it seemed very dark. Um, the the song, in case you guys were wondering, I'm always shazamming every time I don't know a song, and I shazammed the intro song, and it is "Splitting the Atom" by Massive Attack. So a lovely download track. that. I really I did like it. Yeah, it was it. good. You know, though, it's I don't creepy. think it wasn't quite as hard hitting as something like the True Bloods intro with Bad, mm-hmm. but um, this, it was good. It was good for what it was. And I think you'll probably get drawn into it just as like I was for the Entourage intro. And every week you see it, you'll definitely want to eventually download it, I'm sure. Absolutely. I'm going to. All right. So should we get into our first topic? Yeah, let's of go to our the... first topic. So what we thought would be a good idea to do is talk about the way all the characters correlate with each other and all these branching relationships, because that's kind of what's going to start really hitting is how do all these characters' relationships end up hitting each other? And at the moment, they're kind of separate. Everyone and is separated. So right now, the first thing that you are introduced to in the show is the main owner and owner's. So Chester, also Dustin Hoffman's character, which is the big name on the show, he's one of the producers, mm-hmm. we're introduced to his character getting out of jail. And he's driving, he's riding in the car with Gus, who is his rider, his driver. And his driver and only trustee, really. Yes, the only man, as he reveals later in the show, that he actually trusts. He doesn't even trust himself, himself but he trusts Gus. Gus. And Gus is doing a big favor for him in fronting being a horse owner when it's actually Chester who's the horse owner, but clearly he's not allowed to for whatever reason he was put into jail. Right. So Gus is fronting as the owner of this horse. 
And I feel like people should really realize that, especially um, Mr. DeRossi that we eventually come in contact with. Yeah. You know, I think I think he does kind of realize it because he seems kind mm-hmm. of skeptical and he's not mm-hmm. – their interaction, which is later in the show, it's kind of a weird interaction where Gus is trying to, like, put on this front like he knows what he's doing. Right. And I believe um, he kind of – what's pointed out is that he doesn't even know how to feed the horse a carrot. Right. And it's like, why don't you know how to feed the horse a carrot? <laughs> You're an owner. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I really liked how Chester Bernstein, also Dustin Hoffman's character, kind of builds up Gus when they're talking to each other and saying, you don't know your depth. Right. You know, and I feel most people in general don't know their depth. That's why people are sitting at home watching all these shows. Yeah. They're not out trying to make these shows because I don't feel like people really do know their depth. And I'm really excited that that's going to be a part of this show, is the characters getting to know just what they are capable of. Right. Although there is a funny scene with Gus at the beginning in Chester where Chester wants to get something because he, his memory's kind of going, so he wants to get a tape recorder. <laughs> right. So he records his thing. He's, he's telling Gus this, and he says, mm-hmm. hey, can you get me a, a tape recorder? And he goes, well, I can record for you something right now. I have a pen. I have paper. I can do that. And he just doesn't get that he wants... A tape recorder, mm-hmm. which is pretty funny. Or it just kind of shows also that relationship they have where Gus is kind of almost a servant to him. He's doing things for him. And he's just like, I jot notes for you all the time. That's right. what I do. What, what do you think of that? I mean, it's clearly not just a memory aid. And as Mr. Dorsey points out in their little like mob meeting, yeah. I mean, he saw it as like an attack or like a safety possessions in case like you know he's trying to frame them i mean what's going on clearly dustin wants revenge for something and he's plotting you know i think i think it is plotting even though mm-hmm. and it's kind of it's a hard mix because you see throughout it that chester's character is kind of falling apart he mentions he's getting thin he can't fit into his shirts <laughs> anymore and he's when he has that scene near the end with gus he, he has to go to bed at 7 30 he's clearly <laughs> Not the same man he used to be. Right. And maybe he's developed a few obsession disorders. He wants the temperature to be 67, which is perfect. No, Kristen, you're young and you're, you don't realize when you get old, that's just how it is. Oh, I already have a lot of obsession <laughs> disorders. I know. And, and they're piling up as I get older, so I can't imagine. You know, it's funny, though, because I think about, and this is a little off topic, but on topic. My, my parents, they're one, one of their biggest arguments they ever had was over what temperature to set the house at. Wow. So it <laughs> yeah. is a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. <laughs> I always turn it up before I go to bed. My roommate shuts it off before he goes to bed. So, so we, we play that game as yeah. well. <laughs> so clearly it's a big deal. My house doesn't have anything. We don't have air or heat. So it's just always cold or hot. What about your house? Call in and let us know the temperature. Yes. <laughs> Biggest topic. But th- going back to that, though, with Mr. Drossi, that was kind of another interesting... Re- interaction with Chester getting up, throwing the chair and getting pissed off. Rips his shirt buttons. Yeah, and it pops out too. Do you think that was a play? A play. Do you think that was an act? I don't know. I think he was just pissed off because he, as you mentioned, he just got out of being in jail for three years. Mm -hmm. Clearly, we don't know why yet, but Mr. DeRossi has something to do with that. And maybe he was protecting his ass. Right. I mean, I don't know what it was, but he's pissed about something. I am really excited for this plot that Dustin Hoffman, Chester Bernstein, obviously had three years to construct his revenge plot. I mean, if you were just put in a room for three years to get back at people who put you in that room, I don't know if you saw the old 
old boy, that Korean film that's sort of like or going Count along of the Monte same Cristo. thing. Oh, hey, I love yes. revenge films over here. Or but, I'd have um, a spoon and being just doing the spoon thing. You got three years. Might Great as well question. try and do your way out. The, uh, are you guys familiar with the show Revenge on ABC? <laughs> no, just curious. I'm not. Personally. I actually haven't seen it. All right, but you well, talk about can it. Can you no, tell no, us no, a little I, bit about it? No, obviously people are loving that show, and so I just, mm-hmm. um, myself included, and so I wanted to see if it kind of compared in that sense, because uh, it's funny you bring out Count of Monte Cristo. Um, that show is, is written pretty much to be like that. Wow. And uh, it's kind of the same scenario, but obviously the uh, the details are so different from Luck to Revenge, well, or at least I imagine them to be. If it's like Count mm-hmm. of Monte Cristo, I have to see Revenge, because I love I that movie. I think we should watch it. We should. Yes. But going back to uh, Mr. DeRossi, though, and this whole thing, the, one of the things that Chester threw out was he wants to make a casino, and I think it's—I mm-hmm. think he was saying he wants to do it where the horse track is. So maybe that is part of his plot, is somehow dealing with having a casino in this horse track. But where? I, I think um, he obviously wants to build it, because at one point, Mr. DeRossi is like, you're the asset, or, or he said something like that, and he's like, no, you're the architect. So, obviously, they want to build a casino, Dustin yeah. Hoffman does, Ernstein, somewhere. He wants everyone to put their money, the big players, put their money in th- to build this casino and racetrack. I think they wanted to do it at the racetrack that we really? see. Yeah, I think that was what they were talking about. No, because at one point they were talking about that land. Because they know? were talking about having, yeah, a lot of land mm-hmm. or converting something. Because I don't think it's Las Vegas. I think they're trying to do it somewhere where there's not normally a casino. Right. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. I got that's one thing that we'll have to wait for, I guess. We will find out. We will find but out. Let's go to the next relationship, which is Turo Escalande, which I kind of mentioned earlier. Yes. And the main interaction we have, which relates the owners to this, is that Chester and Gus have a relationship with Turo, where Turo mm-hmm. is the trainer of the horse they own. So Turo is a trainer, and that's what he's trying to do. And the main issue that they're dealing with with this horse is that the horse is not pooping. <laughs> or dropping a doo-doo. You know, so. that, that happens, though, when it, when you're traveling cross-country and you're just sitting, and obviously this horse flew in from somewhere. He couldn't go. He was all bound up. Can you please I go mean, on about your personal tale about how this happened to you? I can really <laughs> understand it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> but, yeah, the first scene with this horse in our first scene with Turo is... A lady, a doctor, I guess a veterinarian of horses mm-hmm. coming in and sticking her hand up its butthole. Yes. I mean, and, and they do that to people, too. That's true. Fortunately, I've not <laughs> had that happen to me yet. I'm going to keep quiet on that one. <laughs> oh, interesting. All right. <laughs> Chris, TMI, just, Kristen, TMI over here. I only here. just met you tonight, <laughs> And she only just met that horse. And the funny part was, um, she said to Toro, she's like, I know you, but you wish this was you, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so Toro's like, I love what you have to do there. Yeah, do you think that she wanted him to, like, he would love being the horse or he would love being the one? I think it was just (laughs) doing that, the dirty business. She's just like, yeah, that's right, I know the dirty business. Either way, sexual tension there. Possibly. I saw it that be, way. Yeah, it'd be interesting if she comes back. Because I guess they must work together a lot, right? They must. If you think about it. Yes, Cause, absolutely. Because Turo's kind of an, an interesting character, too, because he sort of gets um, He has an interesting relationship with their jockey, I think, Leon. Mm-hmm. And he 
gets very angry and upset pretty easily, I feel like. I think he kind of is high-strung, possibly. He's what do you playing think? a game. I think he's playing a game, because just like he told him to, we later find out when he was telling him, stay wide, stay wide, he didn't want him to get trapped in, yes. obviously. So, so Turo, but, clearly, everybody here is apparently a cheater, because Chester's, some, Chester's somehow a cheater because he was in jail for three years. We don't know why yet, but mm-hmm. he's some, probably fraud or something like that, but we don't know why. And Turo, we find out, he makes a lot of money on his own horse, which yep. Which is, I don't know horse racing, Obviously. but I'm sure that is illegal. You I mean, he's looking that. both ways whenever he's cashing in his vouchers. But, you know, there's cameras. So, are you kidding me, sort of? Like, people aren't, the security cameras aren't catching him, like, betting on his own horses, cashing in. Look, Kristen, people are really stupid. I know you live in a bubble, <laughs> but people are really dumb. I don't believe it. But, yeah, he, he made a lot of money. Smart. I actually jotted down how much money he made. He made... Yeah. He bet $1,000 on one ticket, one ticket, and then he bet $2,000 on another ticket, which I'm assuming was to show he's trying to cover it up somehow. Mm-hmm. So he made out of that, he made $13,000 on the first one. Second bet he made, it would have had to have been $26,000. Yes, so and he, obviously we were saying he didn't want to put all the money on one ticket because that obviously says that, oh, you didn't think this was just a 12-to-1 long shot. You knew something we didn't. Yes, because it was a long shot. And the mm-hmm. other thing about that is why he's pissed at his jockey, Leon, is because Leon's mentioning to him, like, oh, I think this is going to be a good day for the horse. I think he has some sort of weird Irish accent that I was trying to horribly <laughs> imitate there. I like it. Can you keep going in that? No, I will not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe another day. But, so he's talking about how he thinks the horse is going to be good, and he, Turo just freaks out because mm-hmm. he's like, don't f- have flapping lips, don't talk about this. Because we don't want this getting out. So maybe there's some sort of inside gambling thing going on. Maybe it's just for Turo himself so he knows the odds are not quite what they should be. But he gets pissed. And so does um, Leon's agent, Joey. And they end up talking about it. Turo's talking with Joey like, why is he talking about how good the horse is? He should not be bringing this outside. Mm -hmm. This is confidential information. And let's talk about how Joey is the agent of all the jockeys to our knowledge at this point. Yes, to our knowledge at this point. <laughs> Every single jockey that you see, Joey. <laughs> yeah, not really sure. But um, Escalante, I I see him as being a cheat. And, and obviously, we know that he's got something to do with why Chester was in prison. Because Chester kind of talks to him and says he's been in the business for 25 years. Like, I should know how he is. Oh, that's true. There's some sore they, feelings there. Or they somehow, I mean... Clearly, Turo owns their horse. They Maybe he's owned other or dealt with other horses. But Turo obviously doesn't know that Gus is the front man because Gus is the one that goes there and tries to feed the horse, yeah. whatever. I, and I, Gus has, like, ex- an exchange with him. Yes, and that interesting exchange where he can't feed the horse the carrots. Uh-huh. And, and he's like... There's the, something else to that, too, I think. Oh, the horse finally took a dump, and... Turo was so excited, and Gus saw that. So I guess that was kind of what Gus got out of the exchange, was he wanted to check on his own horse. But they said the name of the horse was like El Gondor or something, which was Spanish for wiener, obviously. Escalante's humor. Or or if this is Roman times, that's good luck. Because in Rome, that was good luck. So maybe that's what it is. Yeah, but then Gus goes on to say... I like to think of it as good luck. Yeah. I think wieners are totally good luck. All right, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. But oh, so another trainer, or what we think is a trainer, we we kind of meet this mysterious, sort of mysterious man, Walter, the old man, the old man, mm. and it seemed like he may have been a former trainer because he really has an eye for horses. And there's this one special horse that hasn't been used yet, right? That's Walter's just like this horse is 
special. There's something about this horse that is I know amazing. a peach when I see one. He yes, says. that's the quote. Mm-hmm. He's like the scouter of all scouts. And and what was weird to me was when he was talking to the horse and he was like, oh, what they did to your daddy and, and and why didn't I hear it going on? Like, what do you think yeah, they're talking about there? It, I had, either he was a trainer or maybe he did something with being a jockey too. Although I think he was probably a trainer. But yeah, I don't know. Is he you talking have to, about the horse's dad? Yeah, he was talking about the horse's dad, but clearly it's some sort of special relationship. Like maybe he trained the former horse's dad and it mm-hmm. got sent to the glue factory or it got put down just like the sad ending to this show. But I mean, yeah, I, I feel like the animal abuse, we're going to see some of that and I'm not prepared for that. <laughs> you know what I'm wondering though? Okay, so for everyone, I'm sure watched the show, but... At the end of the episode, we see the horse who's running that's the special one that's going to win that had the 12 to 1 odds on it mm-hmm. break its foot. Ankle. And it's disgusting. And oh, I'm, that was the shot of the show. Of it just like snapping. Yes. And then they had to put Play the, the horse game. down. But I'm wondering all those animal rights activists out there who are going to be watching this show and being like, why did that horse, that looked like a realistic break? What just happened there? Because that was a yeah. pretty horrible shot right there. Some nice After Effects, I guess. Someone has really good After Effects work, yeah. I was really, really taken back and, like, disgusted No, that was pretty, like, sudden, too. It was just, like, you're just watching and then crack! And then it kind of seemed like the the frame, like, kind of froze for a second because everything that we saw tonight, that's in my head. Like, I'm going to dream about that bad dreams tonight. Bad dreams. And the interesting thing with that, (laughs) I'm going to kind of relate this to the gamblers now, is that... We see, so we met the gamblers before, but right when that snap happens, sad music happens, and all the jockeys are really sad because they're like, they love the horses. They really have a connection mm-hmm. with the horses. And like the trainers are kind of thrown off because they don't want to see a horse get injured. Obviously, Turo is the, the trainer of this horse. He doesn't want to see that. But then the gamblers are still like hopeful and excited because, like, wait, oh, wait, we have another bet that's going on. And who cares that this horse is down? We have another horse that could win and win all of this money for us. I mean, I guess they're used to it, you know? Yeah, because I guess that's just a normal part of horse rides mm-hmm. and, well, just racing. You see that happen all the time. But we don't get to see it that close. And in this show, we will. Yeah, they kind of pull out the cover the so the audience can't see. screen cover. Yeah, so you can't, the audience can't see that they're going to put mm-hmm. the horse down. But we get the behind-the-scene look of killing the horse, which is really sad. And, and it kind of, I'm sure there's, I wonder if there, a lot of people are going to see this show. And for some reason, I have not realized that that's what's been going on in horse <laughs> racing. Yeah. And be like, wait, that's terrible. They put the horse down after it snaps his foot. Yes, they do, guys. But <laughs> it can never heal. Right. The body of the horse is too heavy. Right. No, for it, it can to never heal. heal. So, I mean, I think that I think the reason they do that is they think of it as like a putting it out of its misery thing because it will never. You know how you can help save horses and all that stuff and spread the word? How? How can you do that? You can let your friends know about AfterBuzz TV. <laughs> Here, we're about giving the truth to our fans and really explaining the nitty-gritty, especially for shows like this. The truth must get out there. And if you don't want the truth to get out there, well, then shame on you. But guess what? You should spread the word about AfterBuzz TV. <laughs> and you can download us. Uh, just go to AfterBuzzTV.com, click on the shows page, and it'll have all the shows that we do, and you'll you'll see luck. And then you could see the video version, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. So then anytime after that, we make a new episode, it goes right to your iPhone or iPad or iDevice, whatever the hell you own. <laughs> Isn't it simple? And so then simple. you know in the heart of hearts, you've saved a horse. Isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful. Somehow that all makes sense. If you I'm going to do it. I'm going to give the doggy eyes right now if you zoom in. <laughs> 
Just save save the horses and watch After Buzz TV. I'm going to cry at some point during this show. It's really sad. I should have just turned over and been like, what's Kristen's reaction? Maybe we should just tape reactions to this show. Yes. That, it was sad, though. It was, I was sad. sad too. Okay, the shot of the horse's eye. And at first, we see, like, the big syringe of poison, yeah. the, the, the shot of death coming in, and then we go to the, the eye of the horse kind of seeing its, its death right in front of it, and, and I, it looked like he was, like, he knew what was coming. Yeah, and, you know, I was, I was trying to go to my happy place because I was with my dog when we put my dog down. No, and don't it was, talk about that. It was no. just like that, and it reminded me, I was just like, Try not to think about that. Try not to think about that. You're about to cry. You're tearing up over here. (laughs) When I was watching the show, I was like, I don't want to go to that place. So, yeah, it was was really sad. I feel like we are always going to see shots of the eyes. And and that's sort of like getting sleepy, getting sleepy, and then just open. Now I'm really looking forward to the show even more. Hmm. That's sad. It were need. I, I was saying that I was hoping that a character was going to die in the very first episode, and it had to be a horse. Yeah, it had to be a horse. We, we stopped the show at about ten minutes in, and <laughs> just to try and like gather our thoughts on it. And Kristen turns to me and is like, "I someone's gonna die. Someone better die in this show." No, it was a horse. It was a horse. You got your wish, Kristen. Are you happy? I'm not. I'm Are crying. You happy? Can you hear me crying? I'm crying. Yes, are you crying? <laughs> I hear Phil crying. <laughs> But you're not. <laughs> I'm. If you look closely, they're a little. My eyes are a little watery right now. <laughs> but as much as I would, I, let's finish talking about the uh, the trainer, the other trainer who we meet briefly at the end of this is Ronnie, mm-hmm. and Ronnie is the or not trainer, sorry, jockey, the jockey. Other jockey, and he is a drunkard, and he tells Leon, who is really upset by this incident, mm-hmm. uh, he says, "It happens. Go. That's why they invented Jim Bean. Go drain your sorrows away." Yeah. Which, um... Clearly he's done. Yes, which clearly is done, and Joey's not happy about it. (laughs) That's what happens after you drink Jim Beam. And that's what we're all going to be doing tonight. Loving these sound effects over here. (laughs) Loving them. And that's what we're going to be doing tonight, too, because that made me sorry. Yes. Like, after the show, we need to go get drunk. Yes. Jim Beam. Sponsored by. Sponsored by Jim Beam. (laughs) I think the show, I mean, clearly that was a reference. Do you think that they're sponsored by Jim Beam? Maybe because normally I would think of whiskey. Well, I guess whiskey, Jim Bean is being whiskey. whiskey. Jim Bean was yeah. You would say whiskey. But that's a brand name. Or Jack Daniels, or I don't know. Like, but they chose Jim Bean for some reason. Which, for a reason. Maybe it's because which, you know what I mean. From an insider perspective, part, uh, I'm not saying Jim Bean sponsored the show, but it's always nice when you're more from like you can kind of tell what's what's a mainstream film or TV show mm-hmm. by, like, the things that are in there. Like, if you had a generic beer can, you'd be like, oh, this, this. no, but I'm saying... You know, I totally agree. This mm-hmm. show's low rent, whereas, like, Absolutely. oh, Jim Bean, that, that puts the audience at ease and, like, okay, I get this world. And, and, it, and clearly, they can- Justin Hoffman has something to do with this show. If they're using those, if they're throwing that out there. (laughs) (laughs) Probably his favorite drink. But let's talk about the gamblers then, who were very excited and how we meet them. Okay, can I just tell you that they are my favorite characters right now? I think they're my favorite characters too. Because, you want to know why? Because they're all scarred, and I freaking love the men with the scars. Like, don't get those removed by plastic surgery. The scarred characters are always the most interesting. Can you get mental scars taken away by plastic surgery? No, that's like sun, sunshine. But, yeah, sunshine, movie. La La Land. But yeah, so like, 
I mean, like Marcus has like clearly he he has a respiratory problems, and just right off the bat, he has some sort of issue. He's dying. The other guy just got his uh, disability check. Yeah, that's and true. And he is throwing that all in the pot. And then Jerry is one of the main ones who's the whiz. Mm-hmm. And he kind of has something a little off about him, too. He's which, like the Rain Man, the or, Dustin Hoffman yes. Rain Man character. Bringing it back. Full Bring circle here. Full circle. <laughs> but it, it's, he, he seems like he's probably been beat up a few times before, I yes. would think. Yeah. He's the whiz, but but the out-of-control... Degenerate. Like, just degenerate. complete mm-hmm. gambler. He's compl- always gambling and throwing his money away. And that's the way we're introduced to he him. He is the dangerous gambler. And Marcus is the guy in the respiratory. He keeps his clan together. So he's, like, the leader of the gamblers. Right. He's, like, he knows that Jerry has it in him to make good picks. But he's worried because Jerry is the one who's can't help himself. Even though he's he does good things... He just doesn't stop. He doesn't know when to quit. Right. Basically. He's the real problem gambler. Doesn't know when to stop. And it's not like he wants this money to buy any specific thing. You know what he wants it for? To gamble more. <laughs> exactly. That's when you know you have a problem. Right. And, <laughs> and that's funny because, like, at the end of the episode, they end up winning $2 million. Wow. And all I was thinking was, what what does Jerry want the money for? Because everyone else is like, I'm going to give this money to my kids. I'm going to pay off Send people. Send it to my this. aunt. And Jerry doesn't say anything because he's probably going to gamble it all away. I don't he's know what else he wants it for. Getting ready to hit the tables. Yeah. Um. Something they said they needed to figure out an IRS issue before they claimed the winnings. Yeah. Before they came forward as the winners. What was that? I don't know. And what would they have to clear up their IRS issues? I, that's something I really want to find out about is what are these IRS issues. And how long do you have to come forward? I I have no idea. Because Fortunately, I'm not feeling, in this world. Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be a couple episodes until they claim their winnings. Yeah, it's kind of weird, though. Like, And they're kind of in shock. But, yeah, when are they going to claim the winnings? I mean, I'm sure they're going to at some mm-hmm. point. But just... What do they have to clear up? Why is it an issue that they can't just go run up and be like, yeah, look at the ticket? Right. And if you're betting every day, wouldn't you kind of make sure if you did win, you didn't have issues with claiming? You would think so. There must be something we don't know. Now, I'm kind of curious, Kristen, being that they won $2 million, if you won this much money, what would you do with it? You know what? Uh, I I recently found out from my family that being a Catholic, which I don't hide, um, you're supposed to donate 20% of your income. So 20% to, to, the church, to the oh, church, to the and church and, to, ch- and okay. to charity, to be more specific, because the church obviously donates to charity, despite what you hear. <laughs> I'm Jewish, um, so I don't know. That's okay, you too. You Catholics, I don't know. <laughs> We're friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely donating, it and that I feel like you get the most out of doing that. Obviously, taking care of your family, I feel like, would be people's close second. Yeah. Um, donating, do- giving to your family, taking care of everybody. And then just, you know, bettering your life to the next degree, whether that's if getting rid of your old junker car, probably going to happen, maybe getting a nicer apartment. But yeah. if I were to win that much money, I would invest it. I'd be very smart with so it. So you have smart, realistic claims. Very I would gamble it all the way. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> no. Um yeah, I'd probably just do it to further my career and then give it to charity. That type of well, exactly what you said. Aren't we so boring? We're the most boring host that you guys have ever had. <laughs> Phil, what would you do with your two million? I'd figure out. I'd be pretty smart about it. I uh, not to bore viewers, but I would figure out financially. Okay, what's the house I can buy? And uh, you know, I would watch movies for the rest of my life based ah. off of, of that income. 
And then do after buzz shows about them. Yeah, right? well, yeah. sure, I, I would do that. But basically, I would do nothing for the rest of my life. I wouldn't, li- I, I wouldn't like visit Tijuana or any of those places. I'd just stay at home, buy some groceries, and watch movies all day. Uh, you, you could are. probably do that if you throw yourself downstairs, claim disability for the rest of your life. There you go. You don't need yeah, a two million dollars. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not about like. I don't want to. I don't want to cheat the system. I want to make the money. What do you need the money for? I just need the money. The money. Just, the money. But if you're just, just staying in your room watching movies. Well, I guess the money. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but you need food. You need you need to survive for what I guess forty fifty years. I need to buy the movies. I need it's food. So has, I need the house. I need kids. utilities. When he has kids for his wife, future wife, who would stay in and watch movies. He with didn't him all mention day long. a wife. Oh, that's true. Maybe no he doesn't wife involved. Um, maybe not. Okay, there we go. Where's the crying but, sound? <laughs> can I can I throw out? I want to change. I want to change what I would do with my two million dollars to. I would eat two candy bars. Two. Oh, I guess those are hundred grand. So I guess I need twenty. <laughs> 20 candy bars. 100 wow. grand bars. Those are delicious. Can those I are some good candy bars. Another hilarious point that you had earlier was about how this show is sort of horse porn. And that yes. was all you. Yeah. Okay. All you. Thank Can we you. have Thank an applause? Yes. No, we can't. Okay, there we go. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm hilarious. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's funny. Like, after, um, after we're introduced to the owners, mm-hmm. we get this gl- glam shot of the horses and just, like, close-ups on their butts and, like, bathing, bathing the horse and glistening in the sunlight. And heavy breathing. There's some horse porn there for you. Oh. Much more to come, too. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> and then they tear it apart by killing the horse. <laughs> Ooh, yes. I'm sure some sicko out there is getting off on it. No, 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 no. That's why they tear it down. But um, yeah. So the gamblers though are the most interesting characters because I think I think also they're the ones that you get to kind of know the most about because they have their clan or their group, and they're like you know they have a routine. They have a routine, and it also kind of shows you just how much of it isn't luck. I think that's kind of the ironic thing about the show mm-hmm. is that they have these insights. Like they know Escalante is the owner, and they kind of have this insight. Like I, we kind of know he's a good trainer. He's doing these things with this, these horses. And they're trying to use as much insight as they can. Then Escalante had his insight, which is why he won. So a lot of them aren't quite as clean, which is maybe why they have the IRS issues. Right. Except for Jerry, who's just a terrible gambler and a good gambler. (laughs) I don't know. The whiz. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they do that. Who bought the ticket? You know, because it's really them that's getting the money and then divides it up. I don't know. Who bought the ticket? It looks like Marcus did. Yeah, It was in his pocket. And then Cagle... Is the, oh, the security the guard. security guard who is then in with it by providing money to Jerry, and he's kind of like also a little bit off, but I mean he doesn't really have any insight. He's just like wanting to get in on something he can't really get in on. Yeah, I don't know because then at one point Jerry's like, "Oh, you're the boss. We work for you." He says that to the security guard. So is it mainly his money? Because all these other guys, it seems like they're kind of living off disability. So how much of it is? Well, it seems like Marcus actually kept some of his money. That's what I think Marcus had money, and then Jerry wanted to throw his own money into the pot because I think they kind of do it as a collective pot. I mean, they better all right, put in the, the same more, amount of money. But like, the more money you put in, the more money you're going to win. So it's like, all right, let's all put our pot together. Yeah, I don't think they do it evenly because I obviously my mic. I was so angry, by the way. <laughs> they definitely don't all put in the same amount of money. I think they each have a role. 
Like, wherever the money comes from, that's where it comes from to buy the ticket. And I think most of it comes from the security guard because at this point, he's the only one that has a job. Right. But then the other guys do the numbers and the work. Jerry doesn't have any money to put in, but he's he the He just whiz. has the know, the know-how. He's, no, he's the rain man. Yes. <laughs> So I definitely think, you know, they've established that we are one and we each have a role. Yeah. So I, th- I think you're right. I think. And then obviously Marcus is the leader of the, the crew. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I don't think we really caught the other two's names in the show. Don't, Lock, they don't seem as Lock not giving us the names that we need. Come on. Yeah. Um, but what I found really interesting was how they were all at the cafe and they all ordered the usual. Yeah. Obviously, okay, that tells us they're here all the time. This is their job. Right. This is just <laughs> what they do every day. They're probably mm-hmm. at the tracks every single day. And eating the same thing every single day. And they're boring, too. Apparently, everybody's boring. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Everybody is boring. No, I'm sure they all have a, a very deep story, what, which will be And I, want, I do want to see how they're all going to end up webbing together and correlating with each other. Because like, I'm sure they're going to. Like, How is are these gamblers going to somehow end up correlating with Chester, who's the owner and like the guy who's the real high-up guy? Mm-hmm. Like, How are they going to end up webbing together? What's going to bring them together? And that's what I'm really curious to see. Absolutely. I'm curious about that, too. And Liam, or Leon, we didn't talk a whole lot about him, but I saw a relationship, even though the ratio in this show is like 12 to 1, male to female. That's why I love the show. <laughs> I'm still hoping for a romance, and I kind of saw it developing between Rosie, who's a trainer, and Leon, the jockey. Yeah, that will be interesting to see. What's going to happen to Leon, too, now that he... Kind of, I mean, I don't know if they consider it the jockey's fault when something like that happens or just bad luck. I was waiting for him to get screamed at. I can tell you that. I much. know. I thought Turo was going to come down and just like rain hell on him. He probably will. But yeah, maybe that's going to be the next episode. At this point, they're kind of just like, just go to your room. And I really, can we talk about the jockey life for one minute before we go into predictions? Um, just sort of like their area and his whole little like prey station setup. Yeah. And I know, like, what a hard life those jockeys have. I've heard about this before. I mean, they have to stay underweight because they have to be very light on those horses. So, like, they I mean, constantly have an issue with, you know, I mean, aren't a lot of them midgets, too? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, a lot of them are midgets very or short. very short. Just like pilots have to have perfect vision. Jockeys ha- come with a whole the- nother set of um, issues requirements. and requirements and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Rosie's even mentioning, like, she mentions. I've been staying this way for something because she wants to. It seems like she wants to be a jockey, and that's kind of what she's pointing at. Like, I want to be a jockey, and they they kind of showed us the upcoming stuff where she is riding a horse, and she's like, I haven't been staying underway for nothing. Like, I want to be riding these horses. But I we I said that I didn't think that girls could be jockeys, so I'm not sure if she's going to go in disguise, shave her head. What's going to happen there? Right, and uh, I I kind of wonder that too because I think you're right. I don't think girls can be jockeys. Another interesting thing we kind of see is the jockeys get together and kind of have like a powwow mm-hmm. at the beginning. And I'm wondering if it's almost like with um, NASCAR drivers and racers, if like sometimes when you have teams of drivers, if now again, this is me not knowing anything about horse racing. <laughs> like I wonder if there's speculation, also, folks. speculation here, but I wonder if maybe <laughs> like they word. also have teams where they also like just like NASCAR drivers, which I don't really watch NASCAR either, but I know that. <laughs> um so they all are kind of riding so horses maybe like, for the same owner. Right, so maybe some of them ride horses for the same owner, and they want one specific horse to be the one that wins. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. So. Do you think the jockeys are going to mess up the races on purpose? I can't. I think. I feel like the jockeys care about the horses too much to want to 
I think the Six jockeys. Threes. I think the jockeys are the only innocent ones in the show. The jockeys and Walter the trainer, but it seems like the jockeys are like the ones who are innocent who actually like they love the horses. They actually love what they're doing. They really like riding the horses and have a relationship with their horses. So I think they're a little more clean because like Leon at the beginning, we was talking about how I think the horse is going to have a good day. And he's really proud of it. And he gets scolded by Turo for talking because he's like he's innocent. He's like, why is it a bad thing to say my horse is going to have a good day? I just I'm proud of my horse. His job is to ride. Yeah, don't talk. It. Just don't ride. talk. I don't pay you to talk. Follow directions. I don't pay you to have flapping lips. Don't eat. Follow directions. Yes, don't eat. <laughs> Please be anorexic. <laughs> Those are your only two roles. Okay. Should we uh, take a break and go into predictions? Let's, Let's do take it. A break and then we'll. And then I have. I actually have a fun thing that I'll share with you guys. Oh, I'm so excited. Ooh, fun fact. All yeah, right. it's a fun fact. It's about horse racing, not specifically about the show, but about horses. I can't but, wait. So. Get excited. Right after this. <laughs> After Buzz TV. Hi, I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag coworkers about it at the water cooler. Then I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzz TV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV aftershows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? Oh, my God. Woo! Woo! Yeah! What do you want to buzz about? All right. Well, <laughs> this week, uh, I want to buzz about the... Uh, you guys ever... Obviously, uh, upset is a huge term in sports. Do you guys know where it came from? Where did it come from? I don't know. I feel like you know. I think it's from someone being upset and crying. I don't know. Well, it's um, there was a horse named Upset. Wow. Way back, um, I, I believe the forties. I don't. I don't know the date. Don't quote me on that. But um, quoting you. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Send me your hate mail. Info at afterbuzztv.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so. There was a horse, and uh, you know it was low odds. It wasn't it wasn't set to win or whatever, and uh, it did upset one. That that's so crazy. Like it's it's. I love learning where things like that come from. Yes. So like because we always use that term. Like that was such an upset. That's that's crazy. Well, n- you learn something on this show. The if things you, you learn. Knowledge. Mm-hmm. If you right. don't know, you can learn, you know. son. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna tell everybody that now. By the way, Phil, and I hope you I'm guys. I'm just gonna are home tell too. them to watch After Buzz oh, that's, and, that's and learn and learn. Yeah, that's a better See, way. Not only are you helping about, uh, you are not. You're not only helping out the horses. You're helping out gain knowledge and um, and wisdom and just. I mean, that's a huge sports term in general. So right, there like, you go. Everybody uses that, and for the Super Bowl coming up too. Like now, you can tell people tell at, all the your Bowl, at the Super Bowl. You're gonna be the cool kid at the coolest, Super Bowl party. The coolest, the coolest kid. But let's go ahead and talk about our predictions. Can I get some music? <laughs> you may. And now, I like it. After Buzz TV predictions. 
predictions. And we got some lights too, some red lights flashing. Would you like to start? Sure, I will start. Thank you. So I feel like obvious we got to talk about the preview. Yeah. And so we see Dustin Hoffman saying the U.S. economy is bankrupt and this is what you guys should do with your money. So he's obviously the mob leader now. He's getting all these other guys who have all this money to put in their money to start whatever he is starting, this new racetrack or this new casino. Yeah. And so that's developing and unraveling. You know what? We didn't get a whole lot of time with him. That oh, kind of upset me. We really didn't get that much time with no. him. When you think about it, no. And so I'm looking forward to a lot more from Dustin Hoffman. That's really why I'm watching this show. Yeah. So um, I'm excited for more time with him, and obviously for that plot to unravel. Um, Jerry, I have a feeling he obviously is going to spend all his money and mess stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> all his winnings. I see a relationship developing between Rosie and, and Leon, the uh, jockey. And I also see Leon coming to uh, the same fate as that horse. What That's going to be exciting. Today. If that happens and you were right, I will be so excited. Leon's going to die, yes. Um, I don't know that I want that to happen, but I just see that happening. All right. What a morbid <laughs> prediction by you, Kristen. Uh, I'm good for those. And I also think, obviously, like we talked about earlier, Rosie's going to go in some kind of disguise so she can ride and maybe ride for Leon, who it looks like she has a crush on. Yeah. So I agree with you about most of those. Most mm-hmm. of those. Um, I um, I definitely think that you Jerry... have your own opinion? No. <laughs> <laughs> they just put me on this show to say things everybody thinks. Um, <laughs> so I, th- I agree with you. I think Jerry is definitely going to somehow end up... Sc- screwing everybody over in the group and spending all the money and somehow mm-hmm. he's probably gonna also end up somehow taking money that he shouldn't be taking to spend it too and we saw in the preview him being frustrated and pounding the table making that awesome sound effect um <laughs> pounding the table and obviously something's gonna go wrong with him and mm-hmm. i think what i'm interested in seeing is what's going to happen with joey the agent because he's so nervous all the time he's stuttering and stammering Mm -hmm. all the time why is that i think we're going to learn something about his past where maybe maybe he had represent represented jockeys who did poorly but because clearly he's pissed at ronnie for being a drunker Mm -hmm. now so i think we're going to learn something about that i see a heart attack coming in there yeah, possibly. I see nothing but doom for all these. Ca- I'm killing characters off over here. You're already killing them one one off, and that's where I kind of disagree with you. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think Leon's going to get killed. I th- ever I sh- throughout I, the nine episodes. I don't think he's going to get killed. Season. I think something bad is going to happen to mm-hmm. him, or he'll get fired, or something. Where like something bad's going to happen, and I don't think he'll get murdered. Somebody has to take the take a bullet. I don't think or... this is the Sopranos, even though well, somehow it is because there's obviously there's some sort of mob thing going on too. You're right with like Chester and the owners, but mm-hmm. and I and that's something I agree with you on. I think that Chester is going to somehow bring everybody in to doing his scheme, and he's, he's gonna the Godfather. I like that aspect. He's going to be the. Maybe new that's why Dustin Hoffman did the show. He wants to be the Godfather now. I think he probably had a little obsession disorder with that as well, along with his temperature disorders. He yes. wants to be the godfather, and he's working all the puppets now. He really is. But all before 
p.m. <laughs> Amazing. I think that's our cue to leave, guys. But right. thanks for checking us out. But Find me at Kristen.Snyder at blogspot.com. And you can follow me at the Dave Klein or go to my website, djk-online.com. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We had fun, and obviously mm-hmm. you had fun because Chris and I were here. And Phil. <laughs> Catch us next week, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And again, uh, obviously a new show, so tell your friends. We'll be here. Mm-hmm. Every Sunday, the uh, the schedule remains to be solidified as to when we'll be on. But just go to AfterBuzzTV.com. Stay tuned there, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I'm excited for a good season, huh? How about you Very guys? Excited. So excited! Woo! 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 And again, it only helps when you get more people involved. The more people involved, the better season this will be. The more fun we'll have. The more stuff we'll bring to the table, right, guys? And let's all talk about it on together. And on and on. Together. Talk about it. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Buzz Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.